Shatterstar. Let's get some seismic activity going on in them pants. Welcome to episode 42 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the middle of February 2019, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some classic comics. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is someone who puts the sack in my cul-de-sac. Patty, wait, are you saying that I put my nutsack inside of you? That's okay. All right, good. We're in a monogamous relationship, so that's fine. What's yours is mine, and what's mine is yours, so we might as well put them inside. Sure. All right, here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com or One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us some feedback on iTunes, follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. But don't try to follow us in real life, because that's creepy and we have boundaries. And speaking of boundaries, we might have them, but our language certainly fucking does not. So many fucks are going to enter your personal space and penetrate your ear holes. So we'll be metaphorically fucking your ears, not literally fucking your ears. We only do that to each other. Why? Because we're monogamous. So there's your explicit content warning. So how you doing, Patty? I <laughs> uh, just came off of a great day of work on a Saturday. Uh-huh. So, uh... so tell me more about your sack. <laughs> <laughs> so I only had a general understanding of what a cul-de-sac was. Yeah. Until, like, a few years ago. Really? Because <laughs> my grandparents had one, and I thought it was, like... They owned the cul-de-sac? No. <laughs> they they lived in one, uh-huh. and so... But they lived in one of those things where, you know, they had, like, the gate, and then they ha- you have to show, like, the ID to the... Gated, gated to the, cul-de-sac. To the gate guy, and then there's, like, <laughs> you know, there's just, like, a group... Groups of cul-de-sacs. There's just lots of the little circles, so houses. Many sacks, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> So that's what I thought it was, was that whole, like, gated... Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. Gated sack community. Yeah, the gated the gated sack community. <laughs> like, a, like a chastity belt. And these were your grandparents? Yeah. So your sack lineage goes back a couple of generations? <laughs> I guess it does. And my parents are visiting them in Florida. And I am very jealous right now because it is, like, 30-something degrees. Yeah, here, but there it's like, yes. what, 70? Yeah, my mom was complaining that it was too warm. I was like, Mom, yeah, well, shut the fuck up. Let's be real. You don't want it to get too warm around the sack because when the sack gets too hot, you know, I mean, you don't want a sweaty sack. It smells. <laughs> exactly. And they gotta live there, you know what I mean? Yeah, They're just yeah. gated off in their sweaty, smelly sack. I mean, in Florida, it kind of already looks like a penis. <laughs> So, so I'm really excited for for this episode because we got some exciting things to talk about. At least I, at least I, <laughs> excuse you, I think so. Yeah, but but we'll we'll get there. First, I want to give a shout out to Brian on Facebook. Everybody I knows am, Brian. on everybody Facebook. Everybody knows Brian on Facebook. Brian is the fucking guy. Go talk to Brian. Say hi for me. Just if you go talk on to Facebook and do a search and yeah. just type Brian. Well, listen, I'm not giving out anybody's <laughs> last name. You know what I mean? Like, come on, I don't want to do that to Brian. Brian and me go back. No, 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 no. But I guess Brian is is a listener, and this was this was awesome. I made a, a comment on a post of Banshee and Siren, and and he goes, he's like, you guys should do just like an episode about Peter David's X Factor run. And I was like, okay, so cool. He is actually a listener, but that's that's like Patty's favorite. So it is, yeah, it is Patty's favorite. <laughs> 
So I talked about it with her, and we're, we're going to have to figure it out. I don't know if we're going to do an entire episode, but maybe we can maybe we can sneak some uh, Peter David X Factor issues into some of these episodes going forward because you know that's that's her favorite run, and I I loved it too. I thought it was awesome, and that might be a fun thing to do. And this illustrates the importance of you getting in touch with us. All it takes is just a passing comment to influence how this show runs. Do you see how easy that's that is, right? Folks? Because peer pressure is real, kids. Absolutely. Don't do drugs. Stay in school. Absolutely. But yeah, so so shout outs to Brian. Thanks for that. All right, so so yeah, so so we got we got some exciting things to talk about. Uh, yeah, the first one is not an exciting one. Uh, it is Shatterstar number five. But since it was the final issue in this miniseries, we kind of we are obligated. We are obligated. We are contractually obligated by Marvel Entertainment to talk Entertainment. about it. Entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Look at you with your words. <laughs> yeah, okay. I stole that from some somebody on Drag Race who said oh, that before. But... Oh, shout outs to Drag Race fans, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's another, that's no, that's, we're going to get into oh another god. rant. Oh my god. Stop, stop. The All-Stars. No spoilers. Don't no spoilers. even. No spoilers. No, no honey. Honey. Don't honey Don't me. even, don't even get me started. We're not. We can't. On the finale. We can't. Of All-Stars we, season we, four. We can't. Honey. Just whatever. Just <laughs> Just, you can tweet at us. Um, <laughs> all right, so Shatterstar number five. So, so I thought this opened kind of interestingly because there are all these Shatterstars, like, uh, appearing around Shatterstar Prime, I guess. But there's, uh, there's these visuals of, like, all these cloned Shatterstars out there in, like, these different worlds fucking killing people. And, 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 I, and fucking people. Fucking people and killing people and sometimes fucking killing people. I love Gerardo Sandoval's flashback art. Like, the, the, all the art was pretty good, but, but his flashback art is really what I absolutely fucking loved in this series. Especially what he did with Gringrave, but, but she died, so it don't fucking matter anymore. She's, she's not in this issue. But yeah, like, seeing Shatterstar stabbing and fucking killing X-Force... Like, that was sad. You know what I mean? And that was, like, right at the beginning of the issue. Like, I know it's not for real. Yeah, it's not It's not for real, for real. But, you know, it was It was a sad. It was a sad thing. It was a sad. It was a sad. <laughs> it was a sad. And then, you know, Grandmaster finally gives a big fucking reveal why he's fucking with Shatterstar. It's just because Shatterstar... Comic book logic. Who cares? No, but no, 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 no. <laughs> it's because Shatterstar's life is a game. Like, that's it. it it's, it's just it. He's like, I fought Kang. I fought the Avengers. I fought all these fucking people. And I'm fucking. And all I got is this lousy (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. Yeah, just just because his life is a game, Uh, and I thought that was really stupid. I was expecting something a little bit more from that. Was this the blue guy? He's not blue in the movie. If you're trying to think of a blue guy in the movie, there's no blue guy. There's no blue guy in the movie. The blue guy in the movie you're thinking of right now, Jeff Goldblum, is Jeff Goldblum played the Grandmaster, but but Jeff Goldblum played. Jeff Goldblum playing, playing the Grand the Grandmaster, Master. and Goldblum was not Blue Bloom. He was <laughs> he was still Goldblum. The the blue guy you're probably thinking of is Will Smith Genie. <laughs> Will Smith Genie <laughs> is not canonically part of the Marvel Cinematic Fuck. Universe yet. But wait, it's Disney. It, it, They're it's, both it's, owned by the why, same company. That's why I'm saying yet. Okay, because it could still happen. Will Smith for the new Mystique. All right. Anyway, yes. Moving on. Shatterstar doesn't want to take any of his shit anymore, so he teleports Grandmaster to Tina's world, who, rest in peace, by the way, I loved her. She seemed like a very silly she character. She seemed like me. But she was cute. What? <laughs> who lives in this boring world, and uh-huh. her life is stupid and pointless, mm-hmm. so she needs to distract herself by, you know, like, reading comic books and, like, watching 
cartoons and stuff. And that's that's pretty much my life. You don't watch cartoons. You watch Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I also watch cartoons and anime and, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, and Dr. Phil, listen. Listen, don't discount Dr. Phil, listen. all right? You're trying to pass it off like, I don't really watch Dr. Phil. You are a Dr. Phil fan. Okay. With a PH, with a big fat <laughs> PH fan. So, so just so you guys know. Yes. There's this channel called OWN. Oh, it stands for Oprah Winfrey Network. <laughs> they run reruns of Dr. Phil on weekdays from like 6 in the morning until like 4 p.m. And if I have a chance to stay home, all I do all day is watch reruns of Dr. Phil. I swear to fucking Christ. <laughs> and you can too. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, please. Let's get. I, I don't know why I started that. Let's get my, off the My film. apologies. Let's get off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but this was really cool that Shatterstar had this idea to teleport Grandmaster to Tina's world where superheroes, superpowers can't exist. And then Shatterstar just fucking stabs him and, like, with the sword in him, kicks him right off the fucking bridge. That was this so is dope. <laughs> Yeah, just fucking. You didn't like bye, that, bitch. You didn't like that. I thought uh, that was dope. Uh, I, I, okay, so I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like when I get to around like issue three in a mini series, yeah, out of like five or you know whatever, mm-hmm. I, I just like begrudgingly pick up issue three and I'm just like I don't care what happens anymore and then I read it and I'm just like uh who cares because what's gonna happen in five issues you know like I felt it like at this point. At, like, the last issue, even, I was just like, ugh. Hey. We have to talk about... No, I don't want to talk about this. What? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get I get what you're saying. And and honestly, again, if it wasn't because it was the final issue and I just felt like we, we needed to talk about it, I, I wouldn't have because this really didn't feel too satisfying. I honestly, I felt like, you know, the the tenants and the building were probably more interesting. And I would have liked to have seen more of them. I would have liked to have seen Shatterstar teaming up with them more throughout this. I get that Shatterstar is, like, the main attraction, and so that's what we're focusing on. But, like, and then even Gringrave, and she got killed. Like, again, like, Sandoval's images of her were fucking amazing. I loved her. And then you you come to sort of hate her a little bit, and then, you know, he kills her in issue four. And then, well, that's over with, unless they bring her back, but... Are they ever going to bring back this random side character from a fucking miniseries of Shatterstar? Like, I I highly doubt it. Also, what's going to happen going forward with Richter and Shatterstar? Because they sort of resolve the issues, and Richter has this, like, really lame little... Hey, I thought it was cute. Okay, listen. It was cute, but it can be cute and lame at the same time. Fine. Like... Like me. What? No, what? you're you're yeah. cute and cool. Aww. I want to be like you. Uh, <laughs> you want to watch Dr. Phil all day? Oh my god, I take it back. Uh, he's like, your powers, they run on sonic vibrations. Mine run on detecting and manipulating seismic energy. I just had to reach out across the universe and find your unique signature, key into your vibes. Then I enhanced them to bring you home to me. I feel like I kind of wanted to read that in a sexy voice, but I stopped myself. I thought it was really cute. I feel like the only kind of thing that we got out of this was the sort of rekindling of their relationship. Yeah. I don't know if it really happened or it was just kind of like 
you know, Richter being like, I'm still in love with you or I still have feelings for you, which, you know, we kind of knew. Yeah. And it seemed like Shatterstar had kind of grown, even though it was only like five issues, at least a little bit. But I mean, I don't know if, yeah, (laughs) I don't know if uh, they're going to get back together or, you know, whatever. Let's bring them on Dr. Phil. Get all the shit hashed out. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's the only solution. You can't go to couples therapy or anything no you gotta you go have on to, dr phil you have to go on national tv so i can laugh at you <laughs> <laughs> if anybody out there who's listening to this has ever been on dr phil what please just tweet us your experiences oh my because god no, i don't, don't i do think that. he he's like an awful person and i don't like him as a person i just <laughs> really like seeing how fucked up people's lives are oh my god what? <laughs> oh great <laughs> moving on yeah i uh... i want the dog back what? They, they need to incorporate the dog. Oh, Pug Smasher. Yeah, Pug Absol- Smasher, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm upset that um that Tina is dead. She could have been a great character. And, uh, the other guy's dead. Old Man, Old Night, guy. Th- Old yeah. Man Night Thrasher. So so the, the miniseries overall was kind of meh. I like Shatterstar as a character. I, I kind of like the cast. The story just didn't really do it. And I did not give a shit at all about Grandmaster as a villain here. So... Whatever, it's over with now. Uh, moving on to more fun and exciting things is Age of X-Men, Marvelous X-Men number one. And I love this setup. I think it's a little confusing how it's Age of X-Men, Marvelous X-Men. So what- I want to read it Age of X-Men, Marvelous X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much X-Men. There can only be one X-Men. There can't be two X-Men. But okay, so Age of X-Men... Colon, marvelous. <laughs> or age of marvelous X- age of X Men. Marvel the marvelous age of X Men. Yeah, but then how do the other X Men fit into this? I, you, you know what? You, you I just, just they they need to cut out the age of X Men in all these books then, because then it's just too many words. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to know what you're buying when you're buying it. They need you to know somehow that you're but buying. An Age of X-Men property. The, the, I don't want to be confused when I'm going to the comic book store. I already have so many choices. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Enough of my gripes. <laughs> with with the title, let's talk about what actually happened in the book. Whatever. I'm, I Listen. Listen. I'm not calling it Marvelous X-Men anymore. All right? From now on, I'm calling it Age of X-Men, Marvelous X-Men. Every time we talk about it. All right? And we need to drill this home into people that oh this is God. what we're getting. Okay? So... Age of X-Men, Marvelous X-Men number one has such a fucking dope setup. No, it's really cool. I love the art. I love the art. It still looks like a, a little bit of like a throwback to 50s color poppin' style. And I don't know if, because I'm too lazy to go back and check, I don't think this was addressed, I could be wrong, in Age of X-Men Alpha, how they each live in their own individual home on a cul-de-sac. And that's really that's really interesting because this gets into more of like the why there's no like romance, you know, like sexual relations with that woman are not allowed as opposed to the real world. Yeah, so they're all living in their own homes. It's not like they're sharing this space at all times. Like there is the ex sanctuary, but but you know, obviously they all go their separate ways. What I thought was funny was there are red horns. Like, right in the middle of the cul-de-sac. It's like the bat phone. And the ex-sanctuary is like the bat cave. And it's just like, alert, alert, alert. And they all start fucking running. I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, no, I thought that was cute. But now that you mentioned the 
the X Mansion. What was it called? X, X, Sanctu- the, X the, 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 Sanctuary? Yeah. All right. So where do those kids go after school? They all have their own houses with no families. That's uh, kind of weird. And what about maybe the, the an, twins? Maxim, uh, M- Max, Manon. Maxime and Manon? Yeah. Yeah, what about them? They're French. But they're they're twins. Yeah. Do they also have their separate homes? Do the kids have their own homes? So so here's even the... when they're like ten and they go to the school. So now that's a really interesting point about Maxime and Manon because maybe and this might not even be addressed, but maybe in this alternate universe they were hatched separately. You know that they they didn't come from the same sort of egg thing pod pod. That's what they're called. Maybe they didn't. And yeah, absolutely. I would assume that that they they don't. But but at the same time, and we even saw them a bit here. They're, I think they're all like raised in this one place, and they don't have like an actual family. Okay, but they don't have their own houses yet. I don't think so. I don't no, know. Maybe I think, I'm just thinking too much about this. I think no, no, no. But it's it's really interesting because this is supposed to be a whole alternate universe, even though it's probably occupying a, somebody's mind, like Nate's mind or something. But uh, no, that's that's a really interesting point. I think they're all they're hatched there, they're raised there. And when they get old enough, they go to the fucking um, Summers Institute, and that's where you know they get their schooling and where it's decided where they're gonna go and how they're gonna grow. And we'll see a little bit more of, of that when we we talk about next gen in a little bit. But in this, like honestly, I don't know how much this progressed the plot forward. Until later in the issue, but I still really enjoyed it. Well, it's because, a number one. Because, excuse me, it is <laughs> Age of X-Men, Marvelous X-Men number one that we are discussing, Patricia. Uh, no, the action was, was, really, was really a lot of fun. It was great seeing the team work together, and I'm not going to try to hide any of it. I'm mostly excited because we get to see Nature Girl and so much fucking action here. And it was adorable how she's got, like, you know, Colossus... In the woods, and he's carrying fucking deer out, and she literally rides a bear, and she tells Colossus that, like, this one fucking, like, black-tailed jackrabbit or something, like, adores him because he's got, like, a good heart. This is adorable. I absolutely loved that. But there are all these alarms going off as everything is, like, burning, and, like, the adults are trying to keep the kids calm, and, like, the voices from the horns are just, like... Everything is good in the world. You are safe. Being alone is harmony. And it's like it's really... Like really 1984 up in their shit. Yeah. You need to read that book. But that was the... Listen, I lived that book. <laughs> that was the year I was born. Okay? I don't need to read it. I lived it, Patty. All right. All right. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, as, as much fun as it was, as awesome it was to see them working all together, it didn't do really a whole lot that we didn't already know. You know, people love the X-Men. So we get to this point where Laura gets this, like, flash memory. It was really quick of Gabby, and she like, can't even put words to it. She she brings it up with Nate later in the issue. And, you know, he's kind of just, like, talking around it for a little bit. Um, but then he lays the truth on her and is like, you know, this uh, that was your sister that you're remembering, Gabby. And I'm sorry, but I can't allow you to remember any of this. And just like in that split second, the claws come out. She's about to hit him in the head with it. And then boom, just mind wipe. And that was really, really fucking disturbing. It really was. And really sad, too. I mean, it's really sad that of all the people that she could have gone to, she went to Nate. But I guess that 
Nate kind of like made himself out to be this like big savior type person even here when there's like not really supposed to be any leaders it seems like so I don't know I was I was upset about that and also seeing you know nature girl because it's not just like the animals and stuff it's like the grass and the trees and everything so when this forest was on fire she was like really losing her shit but she got to ride a bear and (laughs) she said she was gonna keep it yeah and his name is fungus (laughs) <laughs> yeah. fungus the bear yeah no, that, that that was great i um i i just i love how nature girl is getting highlighted a lot in in age of x-man it makes me really fucking happy one other thing that was weird too and obviously we we know what we're getting here but it was interesting how gene got hit with like a couple of like these psychic i guess like you know attacks like it's okay to love as she's like floating and arching her back and i'm like hey this is that- this is quite marvelous for gene yeah and uh and sabiner will show you the way so so uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get a little bit more of of what apocalypse is doing in i guess the next issue and of course he and his he extracts... has those dsls <laughs> yes the lips of apocalypse they are the dick sucking lips of apocalypse <laughs> so so yeah so that's that's gonna be neat it's gonna be fun seeing him as a you know free love hippie and uh, Genesis and Kitty Pride following along with them. There's and there's not too much to say about this. It, it didn't really push the plot forward any any more than than we already sort of knew, except for that one interaction I think between Nate and Laura. But that really really was interesting, and it shows like you know it shows a little bit more of the cracks in this perfect world that we sort of got already in Alpha. Yeah, I I loved it. Like I said, I know it. It's just like a number one, and it's just still kind of like setting up this world, kind of. But I thought it was great. I love this series so far. You know, just like the whole event from what we've gotten. I thought it was going to be, you know, stupid, which <laughs> I've, I've said because it was X-Man as the, you know, uh, antagonist in this story. And I was just like, <laughs> No, but, but and, and, and I get that because, you know, Nate Gray has, Nate Gray gets a lot of love. From some people, but I feel like he gets just so much hate. And I think that this is interesting that, like you said, use the word antagonist, but he's also sort of the protagonist. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I paused for a minute because I was like, I'm not going to say villain because he's not really the villain, but he is is. the antagonist. (laughs) It's 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 kind of weird. And I think that that's that that's very interesting. So so it's neat. All right. So uh, next new comic we're talking about is. Age of X-Men Next Gen, number one. And this was the one that I've been most excited for. Yes. And you, we, we talked about Maxime and Manon before, and they're acting like assholes. You know, it seems well, like they picked on Glob Herman. Just stop <laughs> being racist. Jesus Christ. I mean, we French have... French isn't a race. <laughs> French is literally a race and a way of life. I mean, look at Canada. There's a whole section of Canada dedicated <laughs> to the French patty. Yeah, no, I, I get it that they're children, but I'm, I'm also kind of seeing that like there's a lot of law and order in this world. So why are these children being allowed to act like little douchebags to this nice young man? You know what I mean? Like, no, I no, no. They're 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 fucking assholes. As somebody Good. who's you know been extensively bullied like my entire life. Yeah, no, I I mean, I see this, and I just wanted to kick the shit out of him. And he's just trying to feed his chickens. Yeah. He named Hope, uh, Scott, and Logan. 
Yeah, I know that was that was beautiful. I was so happy about that. And in this world, I love his chickens. In this world, hope is like Jesus. She <laughs> she sacrificed herself to save the world. I don't know. You know oh. who else died and came back for our sins? Jean Grey. Thank you very much. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, no. I hope we. I hope I want to see more of hope in uh like the Age of X Man version of hope. Because they keep alluding to the shit that she did. Maybe they're just gonna know. keep bringing her up as like the Messiah, the the Messiah. She was, you know, she's she was the, literally the mutant Messiah. She's, she's she, what is she? Road. Some kind of Messiah? Yes, and we already had her second coming. Are you just like naming like X Men arcs now? What is she gonna do? Just have is she some sort the of apostles? Is she some sort of Australian outback era? <laughs> <laughs> she she got some kind of inferno burning inside her. Hey, yeah, let me tell you that. Hey, yeah gonna join that phalanx covenant ah damn it i was gonna say that ah and i loved how logan was the chicken pecking at glob's hand when he was that's, trying to get them back in the coop that's perfect that is such a logan thing to do it is you and know logan pecks fucking people's hands all the fucking time <gasps> when he pretends to be chicken i want logan to peck my hand you know that <laughs> logan goes around you know when his memory like you know gets <laughs> fucked with again before it comes back the stuff that they don't show you in the marvel <laughs> comics you know what i mean he goes around just like wandering naked through a town, just pecking at somebody's like hand or whatever. And he's just gonna fucking call the cops on you. Like a naked he's man. He's just pecking people with his pecker out. <laughs> just peck him with your pecker. And quite a pickled pepper, if I may say. <laughs> and then they get into the lunchroom, and again, everybody's fucking picking on Glob. And he's got he's been writing some sort of fan fiction. Because of course it's it's about what happened in the real world. So yeah, so Glob so he's not like the bishop where he definitely remembers, but he still sort of remembers. And he knows that something is going on. But anyway, I liked all the dialogue in this issue. I liked the pacing of it. This issue helped take us a little bit deeper into this world because we see that like all the students are split up to go on like certain tracks. There's like the agriculture, there's medical, there is the fucking uh, civic management. And Psylocke comes in to give a speech. That's, like, kind of how they split it up in My Hero Academia, too. So I was thinking about that, too, that that's really interesting. Because they have, like, the hero class, and then they have the support class, and then they have general studies. So, I don't, I don't know. Continue. I just I just needed to throw in that I love My Hero Academia. <laughs> so somebody brought this up on Twitter, and I don't know if I thought about it before, but apparently Armor was asking Psylocke, like, an hour's worth of questions, and somebody was like... Wait, is is armor confirmed gay now? <laughs> so I <it's> like... <laughs> okay. Listen, I am the first person to be like they gay, but you know, even when it's like confirmed heterosexual male characters, I'm like, nah, they suck in each other's dicks. <laughs> uh, but no, it's I do. True, guys, she does that literally all the fucking I, I time. I do, I do all the, every day. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't get any gay vibes from that. I thought that armor was just like a nerd. Yeah, no, and, and and like you've done shit like that. Yeah. Well, not for like an hour, but like you know, you're always there asking the teacher questions and you know, <laughs> being a nerd. <laughs> hey, what do we have to write in our essay? Who got the four Patty? <laughs> you know what? You you can suck I can my dick. I can, and that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I will get a four in dick sucking. I don't care. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. I fucking when I do something, I commit. I give my all. And so, so you know, then there's a house on fire. And so this is all really interesting because 
apparently, I guess, like, the kids don't ever see, like, the extremists in action. And so when, like, Blob is fucking, like, all over, like, holding Bling down, he tells Armor to get out of there. Like, she can't be there and keep everybody else away from it. So... That seemed kind of, like, seedy to me. Police brutality. Yeah, pretty much. But it didn't even look like he was being too brutal. He was just... I mean, I don't know. know, Maybe he was. If there is is police, there is police brutality. He he is the blob, and he was sort of on top of her. That is fucking brutality in and of itself. But, but yeah. And he looks like fucking Ron Jeremy. Stop making that... Listen, he looks so handsome with that facial hair. That Uh. facial hair has done wonders for this man. And I hope when Age of X-Man is over, he fucking keeps the facial hair. I really do. Uh. He looks wonderful. Ron Jeremy looks like a fucking sack of shit. (laughs) He looks awful. The blob? The blob looks amazing. I love him. But Anol escapes from this house that's on fire, and Armor sees him, and he's like, he's like, don't tell anybody you saw me here. And he just, like, slips off. And so I'm thinking, like, why was this house on fire? This house where I guess Bling and Anol were meeting up. Maybe it was the extremists that set it on fire to fucking begin with. What were they doing there? It probably has something to do with um, Apocalypse and the extracts and free loving and shit. I thought that the kids set the fire. You think so? I don't know, because Anal was like, don't tell anybody. And so I was like, okay, don't tell anybody about this fire that is I set. <laughs> That was the first thing that I thought. Now I have that, that, that Ryan started the fire. Yeah. It was always burning since the world. Yeah. I, I don't know if the song goes, Ryan started the fire, or that's we, just. We didn't start the fire. We didn't start the fire. I just know the Ryan started the fire song from The Office. So I didn't know how the original went. That's a fantastic, obscure reference that you just made. <laughs> Thank you. It's We Didn't Start the Fire. Is it's that a song? Okay, so 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 short segue. So we were okay. so we were at my favorite restaurant a few weeks ago, and there was these people at this table next to us, and they were like, "Kids these days, they don't even know who Ario Speedwagon is. They they don't even know like who half these '80s bands are." And I was like, "The the fucking Speedwagon Foundation from JoJo's from JoJo. I listen. I know about '80s things because I've watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Jesus." Effing Christ. I mean, <laughs> like Dio? You think you think I would have heard of Dio? Ronnie James Dio. Ronnie I'm, James' look, name look, is Dio. Look, I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I know who Dio is. You bring up all these obscure <laughs> references. We that. have had, like, half our listeners tell us that they, that they watch RuPaul's Drag Race, so you shut your mouth. <laughs> now half of our listeners are going to go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Just be warned, the first, like, God. 12 episodes suck dick. And you're just going to have to suck that dick for 12 episodes oh before God. you get to anything good. And you're just going to have to deal with that. All right, continuing. <laughs> you got to suck You gotta suck 12 episodes worth of dick before the dick gets good? Yeah. It doesn't sound like a dick worth having. <laughs> <laughs> the, the payoff is worth it. This, okay. All right. <laughs> All right, we've gone on about penis for a couple of minutes now, and I think we need... You mentioned a segue somehow. This was your segue to go through music to get to penis, just completely away from the X-Men, as far away from the X-Men as possible. <laughs> Take that detour through anime and 80s bands to penis, and now somehow we got to get back. Yeah, let's, let's bring it all back. How the fuck are we going to get back now? Ron Jeremy. <laughs> 
All right. So so that was good. All right. So uh, Armor can't keep this secret. She needs to talk to somebody, and she tries to talk to Glob about what she saw about Anal jumping out the window, running away. But then he lights himself on fire, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like maybe he's got invisible ink on himself, and it, he has to like memento. He has to write on himself every day so he doesn't forget it. But he has to write in invisible ink so nobody sees it. That is very interesting. And invisible but, invisible ink reacts to heat. Boom! Solved it. But the thing is, but that's that's. Oh man! If I pick up the next issue and it's just fucking memento, I'm gonna be so. I'm gonna be so upset. Oh, or or maybe he was trying to remind. Maybe he don't was trust trying. John G. Which X Man is John G? I don't know. I never Sorry. saw the movie. What the fuck? <laughs> Are you kidding? No. I saw the last twenty minutes, which apparently is like the whole movie. Son of a bitch! Oh man, we like can't ever watch that. But now. The, it There's was no it, Jonathan. It was like nine years ago. I don't remember what happened yesterday. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Fuck. So so maybe he was trying to remind her what he looked like. When they just had that thing where they were in, like, the Age of Apocalypse. Maybe. When he was on fire, remember? Yes. Yeah. That, there's that, too. Or maybe he's just trying to remind her what things look like when they're on fire. <laughs> he's like, Armor, Armor, wait, wait, don't talk about anal. Anal, you're forgetting the house burning. Armor, I'm on fire. Remember the house burning? <laughs> don't forget the house. Right? Yeah. That's what I think is happening. All none right. Of, none of your fucking <laughs> memento conspiracy theory bullshit. <laughs> Good. No, so this this was a great issue. I really like this. And like I said, it, it got us deeper into the world of Age of X-Men. And I think really the only, literally the only complaint that I have about this, though, is, you know, the cover, all the characters on the cover, you, you know, and, and so many of them aren't even in the fucking book. And apparently Bichalo said that he just picked a bunch of ex-students that were fun to draw just because they are on the cover didn't mean anything. So, you know, the whole question came up about Blindfold uh, right after Uncanny X-Men 11 came out. You know, why is she on that cover? Eva's on the cover, Gold Balls, and it's like all these characters. Oh, I want I can't wait to fucking see them all. And I'm happy with the characters that we got, but at the same time, I would like to see Eva. I would like to see Gold Balls. So, yeah, that's the only complaint. Everything, (laughs) the cover was beautiful, and everything after the cover was great. It just, that's literally my only complaint. No, no, I agree. I was, I was, you know, looking forward to seeing Eva and Gold Balls again, and, and Blindfold, you know, thinking that this might have possibly, like, that maybe she was in two places at one time, and maybe that's why she was, like, kind of going crazy in the real world i don't know i thought that maybe they could come up with some explanation and she would still be okay and we would Mm. still get her but that did not turn out to be true at all no no and and i could see i could see why you would think that but i feel like also that would so severely diminish the impact of what happened in uncanny x-men number 11 which we're going to start talking about right now so let's get into it (laughs) It opens really dramatic, and honestly, when I first opened, I thought it was silly. You know, every X- X-Men story is the same, and then, you know, after a little bit of the, the text boxes, this is the last X-Men story, and I'm like, this is silly, you know? But the day this came out, our last episode, you know, uploaded, I'm all excited, like, oh, great, you know, we got the new episode out, and a new fucking new comic book day, and whatever, and then these people all over social media are flipping the fuck out about uncanny number 11 like really flipping out and you know matthew rosenberg was like just 
like was just announcing his hiatus from Twitter and then went on this long thread about fucking suicide prevention and stuff like that. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what happened in this issue? And and it was heavy. And I also want to say before we start talking about specifics that this is literally one of the best single comic books I've ever read in my entire life. And I cannot wait for Patty to start shitting all over it and comparing it to artsy-fartsy films, talking about (laughs) Dr. Phil and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure again. But I'm going to start with this now before she takes us on that journey that this (laughs) was one of the most amazing comic books I I have ever read. Just considering, like, the scope of what's going on with the X-Men right now and what has been recently, it was just fucking amazing. You know, we, we actually get Scott in action when these kids are defacing a statue and they realize that it's Cyclops and they literally yell, run, it's Cyclops. That's fucking awesome. And then, But then we start learning a little bit more about what's going on, obviously because this takes place like now as Age of X-Man is going on and he's not there. And so we find out that the vaccine is in distribution and people are super hateful towards mutants now because of Nate Gray and blindfold is being harassed like right outside this cafe scott is drinking coffee and he steps up and somebody like calls him a mutie and he's like like never use that word again he's like i'm going to make you regret all of your like bad life choices and i'm like i was literally getting goosebumps as i'm looking at this and he just starts fucking kicking their asses and they run away and i was so happy you're so happy listen listen you say your bad words Say your bad words. She's smiling right now, everyone. Say your bad words about Scott Summers, okay? You will never, you can never erase this beauty. Okay. <laughs> so, I loved this issue. You I did wouldn't what you did. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't say that it was one of my favorite issues of all time because I don't remember all the issues I've read because I have a really bad memory. So, I I still don't like Scott. I still think he's a fuckboy. You know, I still am holding a grudge against him. And and that's fine. And this story, I really, really loved it because it was told like in three parts. It was first told from Scott's point of view and then from Wolverine and then from Ruth. So I thought that that was really awesome. So after, uh, you know, so Ruth is like just shows up and she said, yeah, I came here to talk to you. And he's like, let's go inside. And she was like, no, thank you. I, I'm going to stay here. And just said, I know what you're going to do. Don't do it. I know you're going to anyway. Bye. <laughs> and he's like, what happened to the X-Men? And she was like, they're all gone. And he was like, but wait. And then she like vanishes. Yeah. So he was like just going around looking for the X-Men. He went to Ben Urich and asked him questions. And, you know, Ben was like, honestly, you know, we've been investigating this for a while now and we haven't been able to find anything. Yeah, the X-Men are gone. Yeah. So multiple man shows up and finds Scott. And (laughs) But listen, listen. Oh, oh, oh. Because he's (sighs) drunk. He's drunk and he's shooting his optic blast into the sky. (laughs) To, To try to hit beer bottles that he's throwing into the sky. It's amazing. That was fucking hilarious jamie is like i'm surprised the avengers haven't showed up and smacked you around already yeah <laughs> and scout was like how did you find me and he's like it's kind of my job also you're shooting fucking red laser beams up in the sky for an hour i love that yeah that was fantastic 
you know, so he asked Jamie if, you know, he knows where any of the X-Men are. And, you know, Jamie says, you know, they're either dead, they're gone, or they're Literally. underground. Yeah. yeah, they're underground. And so then Scott tries to go underground to the Morlocks <laughs> to try to see, you know, what he can find out. And it was it was weird. You know, he was talking to Callisto, and then Chamber just comes out of the shadows, and he's just like, oh, you know, you, you like, caused all this trouble, and, like, we don't want any of it kind of thing. I kind of get where he's coming from now that six months have passed and things are really, really dire for mutants. But he was like, listen, you picked a fight with the Avengers. You picked a fight with the Inhumans. You died. All of this shit happened. And now here we are. So frankly, piss off. Yeah. That was, I don't know, that was, that was kind of, that was kind of rough. But what this issue did was it, it did a really great job of painting this really dire picture for mutants. And it did that pretty fucking quickly because again we've just kind of gotten already a few issues of like age of x-man we've been talking about that but like what's going on here in like the real world what's what's actually happening and this is just following scott through like all this depressing shit yeah and so fucking cyclops had jamie go find blindfold because he couldn't go find her after after she disappeared and Jamie comes back after Scott gets told to piss off by Chamber. Jamie comes back and is like, listen, I'll give you the address, but I don't want any part of this anymore. And then you just, like, turn the fucking page, and it was just, like, boom, right there in, like, the top fucking corner of the page. And that was a really heartbreaking moment. That hit me really hard. It, hit it me was, like, the whole page. It, it, the page was, like, black. And in the top corner, it was her in the bathtub. And in the bottom right corner, it was Scott. He, and he was like, Ruth, what did they do to you? Oh, no, yeah. what did you do? But when I turned that page, it was exactly like the Doki Doki Literature Club moment. I gently opened the door. Same fucking feeling that I got. If you don't know DDLC, oh my god. Oh my god. That that game. It's a psychological horror game. It's free. You can find it online. It takes a few hours. It's it's sort of like a visual novel is what they call it, but it's like a dating sim sort of thing. It may sound silly, but yeah, it's a psychological horror game. It really, really fucked me up. We played it about a year ago, and uh, when we were done, I was curled up into a ball on, on my bed, fetal position, and uh, fighting back tears. It was, it was rough, but um, it just reminded me of that. That was a really rough thing to look at. Yeah, uh, and then she had written, this is forever in her blood above her on on the the wall wall. so that was that was really upsetting and how does scott deal with it yeah (laughs) so he goes to this like politician she's doing some kind of like rally or something and she's talking about like oh you know we've we've done this we we have the the cure now and but we could be doing more there are countries that it's already like a mandatory vaccination for children and Stuff like that, and so Cyclops starts, like, screaming questions at her. Then a few people are like, well, what are you, a mutie lover or whatever? Oh and God. they start, like, trying to fight him, and his glasses come off, and then he just, like, you know, he gets knocked around, and I guess his eyes get opened, and then Cap blocks it. And That was amazing. And he's like, here are your glasses, Summers, and Scott's just like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was dope though that you know he blocks the optic blast with the shield and then gives him his glasses back 
And then, you know, Scott calls him out. Like, why are you, like, defending these people at this fucking hate rally? And he's like, listen, I'm just trying to contain it. Make sure that, like, nobody gets hurt. And Scott starts going on a rant. And Cap, you know, kind of waves the fucking soldiers down with, like, the guns. And I thought that was cool. But then, like, the camera's there. And he's like, you don't, re- you really don't want to be doing this right now. And he puts his hand on Scott's shoulder. And, yeah, and you're right. And that's when Scott smacks it off of him. That was fucking amazing. That was, you know, kind of like the bitch slap on the beach that started the fucking AVX back in the day. It was amazing. I loved it. And this comes right after, right after the annual where he's like, you know, I was a monster. I was wrong, you know, but he's he's doing this and I do not fucking blame him. And like he announces where he's going to be. So if there are any like more X-Men out there in the world to come fucking join him. And so all these fucking villains show up. Like, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? But then, you know, Snicked is on the page. And, um, Jesus fucking Christ. Wolverine's there and they just start tearing shit up. And that was beautiful. That was a beautiful moment. Yeah, and then and then Scott's like, Logan. And then Wolverine's like, Scott. Scott. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, we're all caught up now. <laughs> that was dope. I yes, loved that. I loved so it. So much. Holy shit. And then we go through this again. But from Logan's Ooh, yeah, point of view, yeah. so he saw Nate aiming a gun at uh, Scott and, you know, he like attacks him and he's like, why are you trying to kill Cyclops? And Nate's like, I- I'm not trying to kill him. I just saved him. <laughs> but then use binoculars instead of like a fucking rifle. Like, what are you doing? That's how Cable does it. Like, why use just regular binoculars when you can use binoculars that also have bullets in them, Patty? You gotta think from Cable's perspective, you know what okay. I mean? What the f- <laughs> So then they, they just they just talk for a little bit. You know, Cable shoots him in the eye, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so Wolverine knocks on the door of Jamie, and Jamie's like, ah, oh, get the fuck out of here, I don't want to see you. And Wolverine's like, good, I'm not here to see you anyway. And then he just like, goes over to uh, Layla, and he's like, oh, I needed to, to talk to you. Yeah, because she knows stuff. But apparently yeah. she, like, you know, she doesn't know stuff anymore. But she told him to go into the sewers. Yeah. He asked her if she wanted to go with him, and she was, you know, nursing the baby. And she was like, no thanks, I want to keep this baby away from sewers as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, so Wolverine ends up in the sewers, and there's already the... Office of National Emergency down there, literally fucking hunting mutants. That's scary. And then they realize it's it's Wolverine, literally like, oh my god, the Wolverine. And he like, you know, fucks up all the soldiers. And this was another really sad moment too. Like in the sewer, fucking Velocidad is down there. And I guess because of literally all the running that he's been doing, he is an old man now. And that was hard to see, too. You know, here's a character that kind of dropped off the face of the earth, and you see him again, and it's through these, like, really sad circumstances. And um, Yeah, I had completely forgotten who he was at Tash, Jonathan. Yeah. So, I get, Ruth must have thought that, like, Scott was going to get himself killed, but she knew that Logan could save him. So, like, Wolverine catches up with Ruth, and, you know, she sends him off to, like, you know, go help Scott. And so he gets to that rally, and so this was funny, too, because he's just standing, he's standing there watching as Scott, you know, is yelling, and fucking Black Widow and Bucky show up. Wolverine is just like, you know, you watch your Boy Scout, I'll watch mine, and that was hilarious. That was absolutely hilarious. 
And so, you know, again, and that's sort of the end of that because Wolverine, you know, watches Scott and then goes and meets up with him and helps him out when all the fucking villains are attacking him. But then the last story is Blindfold. And this is the short story. And it opens with her and Velocidad are there and Loa's dead body. Like, they don't show what, exactly what happened to her. She's just dead, bleeding out. And I guess she got shot. But this is why, you know, Gabriel and Ruth went to the Morlocks. They were being hunted. They were afraid. And, you know, that's when the Office of National Emergency went after mutants in the sewers. And she literally won the lottery for herself because she knew she could and she wanted to die rich and she had all this food set up. And this was another rough sequence because you're seeing all of these horrible visions that she's having, like on fire, shot, chained up. And it's just all these like just really deathly visions of herself. And it's like somebody with depression, somebody who's suicidal like, what really actually goes to their head, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was it was really hard seeing all of that stuff and seeing just the caption on this section of the book that says, "blind the last blindfold story, and I'm just like, whoa, man. Yeah. And, and Loa being dead made me really upset because I loved her. And, you know, like, I remember who she was. I didn't remember who Velocidad was. And I didn't even know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, this was this was really rough. And I don't think it was that she wanted to die rich. She just said that, like, rich people could hide their problems and, like, you could, like, nobody really bothered you and asked you what was wrong if you were rich or whatever. That's... She said she wanted to die in a big house. Yeah, yeah. But uh, still, like, you know, she could see the winning lottery number. She could do that for herself. But I don't know. I mean, like I said, this had a really deep emotional impact on me. I don't know, maybe we're not making too many jokes or whatever as we're going through this particular issue, but it, it, it really, it, it was so amazing because it set up so much in, in such a short period of time. Yeah, it was at least a double-sized issue, and it was like $7.99, um, and there were you know, sort of like two and a half stories in here, but it did a really good job of tying it all together just through these three different characters' perspectives, and it was really depressing, and now that we're sort of at the bottom, we're going to see things build up as we move forward because already Cyclops and Wolverine are together and they're going to go get to work and do whatever it is that they're going to do going forward. They're going to recruit a team. We we know that they're going to do that somehow. But as depressing as everything else was because, you know, the X-Men are gone and they're kind of alone at the moment, you know, just seeing what mutants are dealing with right now because of what Nate Gray did and seeing what what happened to Ruth. You know, I guess the whole fucking Age of X-Man when Nate doing what he did and the human's response threw off her visions of the future. And that's why she's seeing all this dark and depressing shit. And it got to her. And then she fucking killed herself. And that's really sad. And it's also real. You know, self-harm and, and suicide. And I'm not going to get into a rant about it here. I did a little bit on social media, you know, and regardless of whatever reach it had, however many people read it, isn't really the point I needed to get those feelings out and I didn't want to write an article and wait for it to get published I just it hit it hit home you know it it just really did and I'll kind of leave it at that yeah no I I mean you know if you're having issues reach out to somebody seriously you know there's the helpline out there you know you can just google it there's even one that you can just text them if you don't feel like calling yeah because I know a lot of you know younger people have like anxiety on phones or whatever so you know there are things to help you out there. There, there are options. There are options. Um, and I, you know, personally know what it feel what it feels like 
to think that there are no options. But yeah, there, I've been there. But yeah, but there are options. Yeah, uh, I don't want to leave that on a, on a depressing note, but yeah, it is it is real. And again, this is one of the best comic books I have ever read in my life. I'm going to miss Blindfold. I do think that she can come back somehow. Uh, it's it's comic books. It's fucking comic book logic. We've gotten people back for stupider reasons, and it can happen. Uh, this was just a great issue. I'm so excited to see what happens now. How they're gonna fucking go recruiting? You know, I mean, we're gonna get. We're going to get Magic, we're going to get Banshee, we're going to get yes. Hope, we're going to get, like, Warlock, we're going to get all these fucking characters, and it starts with the two of them. Um, hashtag slogan. Hashtag <laughs> slogan for fucking ever. You know Slim what I mean? Jim. <laughs> Fine, you have your hashtag, I'll have mine. Fine. Yours, yours is going to win. Yours is absolutely going to win, because it's got fucking, it's got penis reference just fucking all over Exactly. It. Yeah. So, do you think Armor wants her face... And a thigh lock from Psylocke? Is Marvel a little ruthless now that Blindfold is dead? There is literally no punchline, folks. I'm going to hell for that joke. But not before we take a quick commercial break. Looking to bone up on all the latest geek geek topics? Geekade.com Want your geeky knowledge to be absolutely pulsating and bursting from your head? Geekade.com Geekade.com has pounding podcasts, velvety videos, and arousing articles to penetrate and fill your holes. If you're a nympho for the nerdy, Geekade.com has got you covered. Go to Geekade and start getting geek late. Geekade.com is not an adult website. Hasn't it been long enough since the Wolverine and the X-Men cartoon? Do you know what's happened to Logan since? Time has not been kind to Wolverine. Quack, quack, bub. I'm a duck. Help Wolverine by following One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men is a page where you'll get all the latest mutant news, see some sweet artwork, and find some marvelous merchandise for sale. Hey, this river tastes like Scott's piss, and I should know. Please. Help us save Wolverine and the X-Men before it's too late. Feed me some bread, bub, or I'll poop on your shoe. Check out One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men today. Don't got a flying V, but you want to see a flying D? So, for this month's Mutant Memories, we're going to be talking about the adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix. Woo! By Scott Lubdell and Gene Ha. Lubdell. How you say? How else would you say his name? Lobdell. <laughs> Scott Ladle. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go to Mo's. Gotta go to Lobdell. What? How do you get Modell's? You don't know Modell's song? Oh, right. Gotta go to Mo's. Modell's gotta get and Lobdell. <laughs> okay, so gotta go to Lobes. Gotta go to Lobdell's. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I did it. I made you a song out of your name. You can you can pay me. Who are you talking to? Scott Lobdell. Oh yeah, friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. Long time friend of the show. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get drunk and tweet at him. Oh my god, please, please. <laughs> oh. Alright, so yeah, so this came out in nineteen ninety-four, and I have not read this since it came out. I remember all the covers. I remember thinking it was an interesting idea. I remember thinking it was really weird, but I did not remember too many specifics. Uh, until I started like flipping through the actual issues. This is a four issue limited series. There was a sequel. 
uh, creatively titled The Further Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix, which came out a couple of years later. And I felt like we could talk about this because we've got, you know, young Nate as the cable now. Uh, And this is at a point now where it's been a long time since we've had Scott, Gene, and Cable all live at the same time. And all of them recently sort of came back. You know, we had Gene gone for many years, and she came back last year. We just had Scott come back after a few years. And, you know, old man Cable is dead, and now we got young boy Cable. Um, And uh, this is a story about young boy Cable. And I really liked this miniseries. I had a couple of issues with it, but overall, I really like this series. I don't know how we brought it up the other day. Maybe I was just like, oh, you know, these are the issues we're going to be talking about. And Patty was just like, okay, I did not like this. And I was like, seriously? Yeah, I I did not find this series interesting at all. Uh-huh. Um, I did not like the art. I thought just the whole concept of them having to be I mean, the whole thing with Cable being sent into the distant future uh-huh. in X-Factor when he had the T.O. virus right. was stupid, but Why? like, I don't know, Why? and now, now they had to like go after him. I, I guess that that happened at the same time, but <laughs> what? I wasn't, I, w- I assumed that this was, you know, shortly after he was sent into the future. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so same event. Yes. I didn't realize that it got stupider. But but the thing is, because is, so this was shortly after he was sent into the future, right? Because he was a baby. Yeah. But yeah. But the Scott and Gene that got into these bodies were from years later after they got married. So these are two different time periods that are being originated from, coinciding in the same point in the future. Do you follow? This is the most fun part of the story. You have to no. understand it. <laughs> Okay, so I did not understand that at all. But yeah, so Scott and Jean were on their honeymoon after they got married. Yeah, when their minds got pulled. Yeah, and shoved into these random future bodies. At that point, uh, Baby Cable had already been sent into the future a while ago. Oh, see what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, time travel's fun. Time, Whatever, it's time, stupid. Time travel is literally the best trope that you can have in comic books. Uh huh. Seriously, that makes for the best stories and clones. Time traveling. Yes, yes. We, we we know how well clones turn out. You know, we we already had one clone with uh, with with Maddie, and then everybody, literally everybody, and their goddamn fucking mother loves Spider Man: The Clone Saga from the nineties. This is my favorite. That Spider-Man is the story. most beloved Spider Man story. It's my of favorite all time. Right? Maybe we should talk about that next time. We will talk about <laughs> Clone Saga next episode. So what they what Marvel really needs to do. If they want Clone Saga Part Two, they need Clone Saga Part Two, Days of Future Past. Yes, and they need a fucking time travel clone story. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way I'll be interested. Yeah, 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 and that's why that's why this was the most interesting story ever because it featured time traveling and clones. So what I'm telling you is that your opinion is wrong for not liking this story. All right, so so the the bodies that they're that they're psychically put into, I guess, into this are sexy as hell. This this two thousand year in the future place where they are, they just happen to have two bodies that look exactly identical no, to what Gene and Cyclops look like. Similar, they are the same, but they don't have their powers. You are lying. You are lying. They look similar. They're not the same. Plus, plus the names 
are completely different. <laughs> red. Jean, listen, Jean, Jean goes to red. There are so many letters in those two words that are not the same at all. They're both four letters. And but the letters are are mostly different, okay? And and Cyclops Cyclops goes to some dude named Slim, but it's it's not it's not the right normal spelling of Slim. It looks sort of like like it would be like slime or mm-hmm. but it's Slim with a y. Okay. Right? So so it's not like, you know, Scott has ever gone by the name Slim before. With a Y? And it's not with like Jean has ever had red hair before. With a double D? <laughs> she has double Ds. Listen, I'm just pointing out, I'm just pointing all right. out all these holes in your case. All right. Okay? Completely different. So while they don't have <laughs> they don't have their powers, they still have the psychic rapport between them. Uh-huh. So they're able to like talk to each other in their heads. Yeah. I don't know. So then we <laughs> we we find out that this is just some weird future world where Apocalypse is in charge because we don't have enough of those stories either. Just more stories of Apocalypse Listen, in charge. This was the OG Apocalypse in charge story. This was Age of Apocalypse before Age of Apocalypse was even a glint in his daddy's eye. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. Yeah. So... There's this, uh, whatever, cult, religion, uh, the Ascani, Ascani yeah. Sisterhood. Yeah, of the Traveling and Pants. Of the, tra- <laughs> <laughs> the Ascani Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yeah, and uh, Apocalypse is trying to, like, get rid of all of them, and then we find out that... He, he don't like pants yeah, for some reason. Apocalypse don't yeah, like pants. Yeah, he don't like pants. But he wears a belt. Makes no sense. Man doesn't like pants, wears a belt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we find out that the person in charge of this sisterhood is Rachel. Old and lady she Rachel. is old. She has the same hairstyle, but it's gray. She's still got the tattoos. And Tying it all into the gray. Yeah. Yeah, see? So it turned out that Rachel kind of just like picked them out of their time when they were on their honeymoon. Couldn't have picked any other time. Had to pick when they were on their honeymoon. Bring them into the future. Yeah. She kind of gave them their powers back a little bit. But yep. they, they weren't exactly the same. They fight some guys. <laughs> they, they escape to the underground. I don't know. <laughs> so, so Apocalypse's vessels, as he calls them, are all dying. Even though, you know, he's for survival of the fittest. He can't find a worthy vessel. Yeah. So uh, his He's in the body of a woman now, but he's got this big, like, apocalypse suit. Yo, so he still walks around looking like apocalypse, but it's really just, like, a mecca. An old, yeah, and it's an old lady. That just struck You know me what that was so from? Weird. Huh? You know what that reminds me of? What? Neo Yokio. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... That's that's where this that's where this came from. Yeah, yeah old lady in a mecca. Neo Yokio draws its inspiration from this story, Good. The Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix. The old lady in the mecha suit, right? Right. Uh, yeah. And there's just two floating apocalypse heads at all times, at the same distance, just following this mecha body around, which was really weird. No, but I thought you know I thought that that was kind of neat. I was hoping for a more conventional you know style of of apocalypse. Because it was really weird to just see this old lady sort of riding around in this apocalypse suit. Honestly, that was probably one of my least favorite parts of, of the story. I mean, I guess you could you could make it make sense, and they tried to, but It was supposed still. to be a plot point that Apocalypse mm-hmm. purposely gave Baby Nate the T.O. virus yeah. 
so that if he survives, it would prove the whole survival of the fittest thing, yep. and it would it would make for a good body for him. Hell yeah. So I think it was Rachel, I guess, who had cloned him. Yep. But not included the T.O. virus, made like a normal human baby version. And left that. And and left that and, and did, the, did the little switcheroo. <laughs> the old baby switcheroo? The old baby switcheroo. <laughs> so, so he was, so Apocalypse was rearing this child named Strife with a Y. With a Y, right. Because Ys, Ys, listen, in the 90s, Xs and Ys were fucking dope. And listen, let's, and let's be honest here. How do you make a story about time travel and clones better? Then with baby switcheroo. Right. You cannot possibly make a story about time travel and clones any better unless you include at least one baby switcheroo. <laughs> now, this one went for the bare minimum and just did the one. I would like to see another attempt. Maybe in our, uh, maybe in our Spider-Man future clone story, there'll be a couple of baby switcheroos. But this was, this was interesting. I, I don't know. I kind of like this, but, but this point, like early on was, was kind of dumb, you know what I mean? Because Apocalypse is like right-hand man, Chaver, I guess is how you say it. We can just call him Ch for short. Uh, <laughs> just shows up with like this random baby and is like, hey, you give me the old lady and I'll give you this fucking random baby that probably has some, you know, some meaning to you as random human baby. And then fucking Slim is just like, oh, that's, that's, that's Nate. That's that's Nate. Just happens to be the baby that they're looking for, and so they manage to grab baby Nate, and they and they fucking run away from Chaver. From uh, yeah, Chaver's just like you want a baby, take this baby. Take the, have this baby. Baby's for sale. Just fucking just baby fucking, for free. Just take it. Just like we you know, have going out of business sale. We gotta get rid of the babies. You know, remember when Trump threw those paper towels? Chaver throwing the babies. So just you gotta baby. give him away. Got the pack of babies. Just throwing the babies. So they get the baby <laughs> and they flood the tunnel and they. And they get away. I did like this, though. Listen, this this had to do a lot in only four issues, and I thought it did it kind of well. Because, you know, how are you going to tell this story of from, like, you know, baby Cable up to puberty in four issues? you got to skip around and hit, like, the important plot points. And so in the next issue, he's five years older, and it gives us a little bit more to the story. The dialogue was like a little bit forced, but it was still kind of kind of nice. You know, they got to go back to their hometown to fucking uh, get a, some sort of genetic scan or whatever. And then we get introduced to this guy who ends up being a really powerful ally named Pryor Turin. And I know you didn't like the art. It was interesting, but honestly, like, I've lo looked at other art by Gene Ha. And I think maybe it was the inkers. And there were like a bunch of inkers in every issue here. He's a pretty dope artist. And I did, I, I didn't dislike the art here like you did. But I still think it was like the inkers. I still think he, he did a decent job. The prior turn looked really fucked up. And I'm sorry. But he looked really weird. Remember the guy in yeah, the yeah, fucking... Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, I remember. Like, and like a tank. I didn't, I didn't really understand this whole like confrontation that they had. They just... You know, Cyclops was just like, "Here are our papers, sir. Let us into the vill into the village." And and then they're just like, "Yeah, fuck you." And then they well, just break the thing, and then they start fighting. And then the guy in the chair shows up, and then he's <laughs> like, "He's like, hey, I'm human too, but these guys are good guys. Let them in." And they were like, "Okay." 
Well, so, okay, so here's his thing. So Prior Turn is really fucking powerful. He's yeah, like, but he's a fucking human. Who cares? But but they know that he's really powerful. And and the whole thing with the mutant, um, like, picking on them is because they're humans. They're still under the guise of humans, uh, red and slim. No, no, I know. So I think it was just, like, these mutant guys, like, checking the quote-unquote papers, just giving them shit. Just giving them a hard time. And just being douchebags. And so that's when Prior Turn came in and was like, you stop fucking with them or I'm going to fucking make your lives miserable. And these guys are with me. So I thought that was, you know, kind of neat. But on, on like the flip side of this, you have uh, Chabert at a fancy party and there's this big explosion and Strife is growing up too, obviously. Um, he, him and fucking Nathan are the same age. Strife killed his fucking teacher because the teacher told him to study and like you start seeing some cracks in Chavera's loyalty you know he's he's pissed he supports the notion of like survival of the fittest but he's like calling the aristocracy here like fat and lazy like what whatever happened to survival of the fittest you know when you've got all these fat and lazy people here probably just have a ton of money and I'm like hey is this a social statement <laughs> because this stuff was true even in the 90s you remember capitalism was around back in the nineties. Yeah, I remember. yeah, you remember capitalism. I remember. You guys remember money bags from Spyro two and three? <laughs> Only nineties kids remember. Only nineties kids remember, of course. And Stripe is a little fucking douchebag. Like Chaver, like starts fucking like lecturing him. And he's just like, "I'm bored. Are you done?" Like, he's a little shithole. So then, like a you know, we get we get even more in issue number three when we see. You know, the T.O. virus really starting to affect Nathan, and Gene is trying to show him that, like, you can sort of control it. And we don't just get the T.O. virus, but there's, like, a little bit of the fucking legacy virus, too, only here. It's engineered to eradicate humans until eventually Strife gets his hands on it and fucks with it. We all know how that turned out. What did he do? What? Strife fucked with this virus. So there's this virus that Apocalypse is cooking up, in the future, that's that can eradicate all humans. So Strife eventually gets his hands on that, fucks with it, and turns it to target mutants. And basically from 1993 through 2001, different mutants are dying from the legacy virus. And Wait, Strife did that in this miniseries? No, not in this miniseries. Okay, that's why I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Whatever. And while we're on it, while we're on it, may mm-hmm. I say yeah. that early in the legacy virus's history... One of the first mutants to reveal was Pyro. I remember. And one of the last mutants to die from it in 2001 was Pyro. Shout out to Pyro. Everybody who listens knows my love of Pyro, but but anyway. I thought this was cool. I just thought it was cool. You know, Red and Slim, uh, they've been working now for a little while officially again with the fucking rebellion against Apocalypse. Prior Turin is on their side, and that's, that's fucking dope. You know, and finally fucking Javert and Strife finds, you know, the the fucking this band of rebels and Strife confronts Nathan and they realize like, wait a second, we look alike. And then Rachel does this Obi-Wan shit and tells Nathan to use the force. So he, he fucking knocks Strife out. And then everybody finally realizes that Red and Slim are actually mutants. And I think it was Javert that actually said the fucking line by the lips of Apocalypse. So, yeah. By the end of this issue, Chavera wants to kill Strife. He's, like, got all these fucking thought balloons to himself. I'm like, God damn it, do it. Children are fucking awful. I was not a huge fan of fucking young Nathan throughout this series. And I really hated Strife. It's basically, you know, 
murderous children setting people on fire is how I imagine all children, and that's basically what Strife was throughout this entire series. How how can you say that this was boring when there's all of these plot points and all of these actions going on in the future with clones? And bonus Star Wars reference. Rachel Gray is literally Obi-Wan Kenobi. You have... and, and there are those, you know, the shocking the family ties. Yes, shocking family ties. Alternate title to that 80s TV series <laughs> they eventually just decided on, Family Ties. But little known fact, it was initially called Shocking Family Ties. <laughs> and that is where... That is where Scott Lobdell got the idea to do all these shocking family tie revelations. <laughs> shocking family ties could be the name of a Dr. Phil episode. <laughs> shocking family ties is probably the title of a Dr. Phil episode. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and. We're going to tie this all together right, all right now, let's folks. Do it. Right now, folks. We're going to tie all this shit together. Let's do it. Shocking Family Ties. <laughs> Shocking Family Ties. You follow? Yeah. Follow original title for Family Ties. You know who starred in Family Ties? Oh. Michael J. Fox. You know what else Michael J. Fox starred in? Back to the Future, parts one, two, and three. Movies about what? Time travel. What? Boom, America. You're welcome. You're welcome. <sighs> Bringing it all back to Scott Lobdell, who is clearly the biggest fan of everything Michael J. Fox related. <laughs> everything Michael J. Fox related. He has those cool shoes that, like, they, they tie themselves. Who? Scott, Have you seen them? Scott Lobdell? Yeah. Have you seen Scott Lobdell's Scott shoes? Scott Lobdell has self-tying shoes? He does. But those came from Back to the Future Part 2 starring Michael J. <laughs> Fox. You've got even more ties between Michael J. Fox oh, and Scott Lobdell. Oh, and shoelaces could also be called ties. All right, listen. And then Cable. Listen. Cons- cable can link things. That's why it's, they literally said that in this. Conspiracy theory. Scott Lobdell and Michael J. Fox are the same person. <laughs> All right. Listen, I'm not I'm not saying that that they are definitely the same person, but what I am saying is Scott Lobdell and Michael J. Fox have literally never been in the same room together. That you know of. That, that anybody knows of. <laughs> that anybody knows of. All of the knowledge right there. Nobody has ever seen collectively, nobody has ever seen Scott Lobdell and Michael J. Fox in the same room together. Alright, anyway. <laughs> So in the final issue, the final issue of this, this was, listen now, okay, say what you want about the art, but you have to admit how effective this was. You remember the beginning of the final issue, how gross and like deformed Nathan looks because of the T.O. virus? Yeah, it looks cool. Just how bad And he was like bubbling and stuff. (laughs) It looks amazing. And the doctor is like, yo, that metal is alive and Nathan should be euthanized. But in his head... We were bringing him back. We're bringing Obi Wan Kenobi. We're bringing a fucking Rachel Wan Benobi <laughs> back, and and you know the two of them meet, and you know Rachel tells him that everything's gonna be okay. You know you are like the most powerful like entity to exist, but unfortunately. You're going to have to use so much of that power to just keep yourself together, but, like, you can fucking do it. And also, we didn't mention this, but Rachel has been in a coma for several years. But she's been, like, keeping herself 
yeah. alive just so that she could transmit this message to him. Literally what Obi-Wan Kenobi does. It's the oh, midichlorians. Well, spoilers. It's the fucking force, Patty. It's the force. You're the force. <laughs> and yeah, so, so you know, it, this I appreciated too. So, like, okay, everybody, you want to call Scott a deadbeat dad, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Red decides that she's going to go off to execute some sort of fucking plan that's been in the making forever, and Slim refuses to leave Nathan's side. So that was really sweet. He fucking acknowledged how he, like, failed Nathan in the past. He's got a chance to be for him now, and he's going to be there. And that was great. And fucking finally, Traver switches sides and, and says, we're going to go stop Apocalypse to Gene. And, and it's fucking, it is fucking dope. Because fucking Apocalypse is about to transfer himself into Strife. And it can't happen. It can't fucking happen because because he realizes, whoop, this is a clone. This is a clone. This is no fucking good. This is fucking nonsense. How can how how could they have tricked me like this? How could they have pulled the old baby switcheroo and I fell <laughs> for it? But it, it, this is an interesting little nugget that I caught though. Is he mentions Holocaust? Apocalypse is about to transfer, and he's like, I outlived Magneto, Sinister, and Holocaust. And this was like nearly a year before Holocaust first appeared. So this is this is more proof that Scott Scott Liddell is Michael J. Fox and fucking time traveling and shit. You're right. I know I'm right. I I have no doubts. <laughs> oh, I just I thought this was all really cool. You know, they managed to all blast Apocalypse and fucking defeat him, and you know, Chavera takes Strife away to go fucking raise him, and then you know. After Apocalypse is defeated, Rachel dies, and because Rachel dies, fucking Scott and Jean start disappearing, and I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark, and, you know, going back to their fucking honeymoon. But I really like this. I feel like this just accomplished a lot in only a few issues, and I feel like somehow, sometimes that's hard to do. You know, we were we just opened this episode by talking about Shatterstar and five issues, and just how that was kind of like a letdown. You know, and for me personally, I feel like this accomplished a lot in a short period of time, and it was done really fucking well, I think. Um, it showed a lot of, like, well, not a lot, but enough of the family dynamic. It gave you enough dialogue where you could tell that these characters were really close to each other in such dire circumstances. And there were enough twists to make it, like, really interesting. I think, again, my biggest complaint was just Apocalypse himself, you know? I mean, I get it. The actual body, like, it, that has to look like shit in order for it to work. I just wish it could have been done some other way. Because, again, it was weird to see old lady in mecha suit with two floating heads at all fucking times. You know what I mean? And and I could understand why this art, like, why you didn't like it. I, I get it. I could look at this art and see why somebody wouldn't like it. I think it worked for, like, a gritty futuristic story. I liked the part when they went back to their time. You mean at the very end? Yeah, at the very end. Uh, you know, Scott and Jean got to go back. That was the part that I liked. I don't know. I thought the whole thing with Chavert or Chichi, Chichi Tavane, <laughs> switching sides just last minute. I mean, I get it. I get the motivation, but like, I don't know. I, I just didn't feel like invested. I didn't care. I know who Strife is. I knew he was going to be a little fucking bastard. And... <laughs> We we all know how strife is. And we all know. We all know. As you love to say and, to me, we all know. And, <laughs> like, any time that strife would show up, even, like, his first appearance, I just, like, you know, out loud was just like, ah, this is so stupid. Why? He took the helmet off and it looked like cable. I know. It what? was so stupid. Anyway, 
<laughs> I think Stripe is a dumbass idea. As we've established, clones are fucking stupid. What? We've Except been talking Madeline up- is a good clone. We've been talking of clones literally the entire time, Patty. Are you telling me that you've been fooling? <laughs> Have you been fooling with me this whole time? Because clones are fucking dope. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they got the they got the legacy virus out of it. So uh, I guess uh this this story had some kind of impact. <laughs> Great, that's the takeaway. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I know we're not I'm not gonna like the same things in the same ways all the time, and I think that makes this a little bit more interesting. But I, I again I wanted to talk about this because, you know, it showed this sort of family dynamic between these three characters, and we've got these three characters all alive in the 616 right now and they're all kind of in different places but i thought it would be interesting to sort of revisit this uh, so that'll do it for this episode of mutant musings thanks for joining us and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com and one million to save wolverine and the x-men on facebook leave us feedback on itunes follow us on instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on twitter at mutant musings what did you think of the adventures of cyclops and phoenix Are you going to miss Blindfold and Loa? Join us next time when we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. Until then... Blindfold was right.